1: Welcome to the Cosmo Happy Hour. It's everything you would talk about with your best friends from sex to celebrity to entertainment. From the
2: editors of Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with Alisa Benson. Welcome to another episode of Cosmopolitan.com's Happy Hour Podcast. I'm your host, Elisa Benson, and I am really excited to talk to you guys today about extreme exercise, something I know absolutely nothing about. I don't even know anything about regular exercise, let alone extreme (laughs) exercise, but I am in the Cosmopolitan.com unicorner today with our health editor, Elizabeth Narens. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi. I think, Elizabeth, we actually determined that you might be the star, besides me, you might be the star of the Cosmo podcast. I think we've had you on more than any other editor. Oh
1: yeah, I love it. I mean who else gets a chance to like just chat for an hour during their work day? Right. This I'll is any time. Yeah, this <laughs> is
2: the best hour of your week, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I can only assume our listeners feel the same way. But um, I'm very excited to Welcome to special guests to our extreme exercise podcast today. Um, to my right, Jess Woods, who we recently featured on cosmopolitan.com. Jess, you are an ultra marathoner. Yes. Yeah. So that basically to put that in super specific terms, the last time we talked to you you were preparing to run your second 100-mile marathon.
3: Yes. So technically an ultra marathon is anything over a marathon. Um but yes, a 100-miler definitely counts. As, oh my gosh. <laughs> <an> ultra marathon. <laughs> it was my uh, Second successful. Second successful, It was my third attempt, but second successful one.
2: And so that means the last time we talked to you, you were about to embark on it. So I take it it was a success. You finished. Yes. And you're here to tell about it. Added pressure, yes. Yeah, you're like a lot. (laughs) You survived. (laughs) Okay, we're going to ask. I'm going to ask you a million more questions about that because I I think the idea of a marathon sounds like a marathon, let alone 100 miles. Um, And then also in the room with Jessica Marino. Hi, Jessica. Everyone here is just named Jess or Jessica <laughs> today, but um, Jessica, I asked the best way to describe you because you do so many things, and you said elite endurance athlete, which I love, and I just, we were catching up right before you start. You, so, first of all, you have a day job in finance. You I, left your job to come here to record this did, today. You course. did. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Hopefully, we're you're sure. about no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um So, you have a day job in finance, um, and you basically do every kind of sport imaginable. So, you... Did a race you did race across America in June yep. that was
0: biking, right? Yeah, that was all cycling with the four man team. 24 7 from Oceanside, California to Annapolis, Maryland.
2: So no big deal, just casually biking across the country. Um, you did the Ironman World Championship in October. Yeah. Got to ask more about that later. Um, and then you were also mentioning that you just did a charity boxing match uh, in Madison Square Garden. I did. So is there anything you don't do?
0: <laughs> I mean, sure, but I like. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, you know, different challenges are really, you know, I find it really interesting. And it's like such a, I don't know. It's just kind of how I structure my life around it.
2: Right. So you... I mean, I think it's, you know, we were kind of saying, I was like, I can't believe you have a full-time job and sort of do all this on the side. Yeah. But you said it's really almost like having two full-time jobs.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is. Like, yeah. I, you know, uh, my job is my job and they are extremely, like, they are so understanding with me and that I kind of have an outside passion, mm-hmm. like in a really major way. And so they really um, allow me to to fulfill that. And so, you know, I work out before work and then I go to work and then after, um, in the, uh, you know, in the evening. And. then the weekends are pretty full of training so training
2: and so yeah I mean your job would have to be understanding when you're literally doing things like taking a week off to bike across the yeah that (laughs) (laughs) um and when you do that this is like a stupid logistics question but when you do that like are you getting work emails on your phone or it's like you're not paying a single bit of attention
0: well did you know that like (laughs) when you like most of the country particularly in the west there's really not service oh I did not know like I I was trying to be diligent about like posting a picture a day and kind of sure. like so people could follow along. And right. I was like trying to promote it. And I was like, I mean, I can't get a signal here, people. Right? Awesome I, right? I know. I know. I'm like, you'll have to tell
2: me all the problems because I have no experience. Um, if I bike more than like a mile, I basically want to die. Um, <laughs> So I, okay, so no service in part of the country. You're certainly not like on the clock or anything. Um, And Jess, you just left your job. Is that right? I just recently left. Yeah, recently left to focus on being an ultra marathoner and training full time.
3: Uh, Yeah, coaching full time. Coaching full time. Okay. I'm a coach for Nike Plus Run Club and then also Mile High Run Club, which is uh, an indoor treadmill studio.
1: Okay. That sounds like my worst nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually really fun. I've done it.
3: Of course, of course you have.
2: Um, okay, so I feel like a good starting point for this conversation. Um, you know, just starting with you, what was sort of the moment where, you know, you guys are both have been athletes your entire life and probably nobody that sort of Exercises, or as an athlete at your elite level is sort of new to this. You guys have always been doing sports. But sort of what was the moment where it was like a regular marathon isn't enough and I sort of want to take this to the next level? Because a lot of people run marathons and not very many people run 100-mile marathons.
3: Right. I mean, they are becoming... More and more popular. They're getting harder to um, gain entry into. Are you kidding me?
1: Yeah. So you have to qualify for a 100 mile race more than like running 100 miles. Right. is that that the qualification? Like you (laughs) want to do survival as a qualification?
3: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So recently I didn't uh, make it into the Western States 100 lottery. And that race, you have to qualify just to be entered into the lottery. And then it's still a lottery. And they only choose 270 people to run the race. So there's I can, still.
2: I, there are, so there are more than, there are at least 271 yes. people
1: yes, that want to run 100 miles. Exactly. And yeah. when you say qualify, can you just clarify what that means? Like you have to get a certain time? Not a
3: certain time. They have a list of qualifying races. So basically, um, like a list of races, and you have to complete uh, one of those 100 milers. So last year I completed the Vermont 100 miler, qualified to be in the lottery, but. Uh, didn't get in. So we now have to requalify. So I'll be finding another hundred miler to run next year. Oh my gosh. So what was the
2: moment where you, I know you mentioned in the article that you ran a marathon, you ran a regular, a regular (laughs) pedestrian person marathon. Mm -hmm. Um, So you ran a regular marathon and
3: sort of basically decided after you did it, like
2: speed wasn't going to be your thing and it was going to be more about... Distance,
3: right, right. Because um, I was a triple jumper and a sprinter um, through middle school and high school and college, um, so I can be quick. But at the much shorter distances, and sure. I, I dabbled in everything: five k, ten k. Built my whole way up to the marathon, and yes, realized that I was never going to be the fastest marathoner in the world. So, thought I would put some slow and steady legs to good use, um, and I actually. Stumbled upon, um, 100 milers and being, uh, interested in them by accidentally buying the Born to Run book. So it was not... I know it's like a cliche <laughs> answer. My story. Story? I swear oh to God, I have God. the same
1: answer. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, I stumble across like the Devil Wears Prada of the book, and I was like, I want to get into magazines.
3: Oh <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's a story
1: everyone in media or everyone, I feel right.
3: like... About I know, I feel like it's the same answer that you hear
2: quite a bit, but I meant Wait, to buy... I'm so lazy that I don't even... Born to Run, this is a book about running. This is like the Bible of people that run.
3: Uh, or of extreme uh, okay. ultra running um, i like I've never even heard of it yeah it follows a group of uh, Taramujara Indian tribe um, in Mexico I believe yeah. and how it's all about how we were all born to run we're all runners and you know some people used to run so many miles and hunt down their food so we all have this in ourselves and it buried deep in our souls <laughs> yes okay so you act
2: what do you mean you stumbled across it you accidentally bought this book
3: i meant to buy like a hal higdon marathon book and they were out of it and it just piqued my interest right. and i and i bought it and didn't put it down for a couple of days and then um, what actually made me fall in love with ultra running was then volunteering for a 100 miler. I just wanted to see what the whole scene sure. was about. And uh, there's a really cool race in New York City, very underground, grassroots, unsanctioned. It's called the Greater New York 100 miler. And I volunteered to pace someone the last 20 miles of their 100 oh. miler. Just and just <laughs> <laughs> That's quite the volunteer commitment. <laughs> yeah, but it, it turned out to be quite the volunteer commitment, yeah, because there's not much. Running at that point. Okay. So it turns into more um, bag rides, that like kind of thing. yeah, like <laughs> babysitting an infant. I mean, you have yeah. to remind them to eat and go to the bathroom wow. and walk and to pick up the pace and um, just seeing uh, the determination and just the sheer effort that these folks put into that last bit of the race, it it made me excited about it. And I was like, okay, maybe this is something I can do.
2: (laughs) And Jessica, I want to hop to you in a minute, because I know you have so many things to say about this, and I can tell it's like mirroring your story. But (laughs) just Yes, you're like, this is is my life. (laughs) Um, But so just a quick sort of logistic question. How much time passed from the moment where you volunteered and you did this 20 miles and you said, I really want to do this to the point where you ran your first 100 miles?
3: Um, my first ultra was after that. It wasn't a hundred miler. It was the Knickerbocker 60K in Central Park. Oh, that just was a, a very... 60K. <laughs> I don't even That's actually good... know how long that is. <laughs> but it was a good first time ultra because you're safe. You're in the city. You're in Central Park. You're not in the middle of the woods somewhere. Um, your friends can hop in and join you. So it made it. It made it fun. So that was my first one. And then, and what, would... how long is 60K? Uh, it was 37 and a half miles. Oh, okay. So no big deal. T- t- t-
1: t- just uh, literally a nine the nine loops. Yeah, <laughs> <that> exactly. <laughs> nine
3: loops. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, that- Can you
1: just stop for a second? Like, when you say... When you say one mile, like, I want everyone who's listening to just think of how you feel at the end of running one mile. And most people aren't marathoners, just generally speaking. I don't think makes, like, seriously, I don't even think I can run a mile. Just, like, think about how you feel at the end just of that, or, like, feet. close to the end of that, just however close four get. four laps around <laughs> yeah. the track, and then, yeah. and then, like, multiply that by 100, it's or 37 even. I mean, it's like, you, here's $100, imagine having a million dollars, like, you <laughs> just physically can't. And you say these things, like, ultra marathon, and it's, like, one breath of air, but it is the most insane physical feat that these women are training for for months upon months, like two workouts a day, like that's more accessible. You're running for how many hours a day just to train for these things? It's so insane to me. I just have so much respect for both of you. So much respect. It's unbelievable. It's amazing. Um, And so Jessica, you, I could tell you were like
2: nodding along to this, like (laughs) the born to run. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about that moment for you of sort of, you know, you told me earlier you were a gymnast when you were a kid. You played soccer in college. Um, So how did go from sort of like the normal sports right. that everybody does to sort of deciding like I want to take this one step further
0: yeah I, I I graduated college and moved to the city and I tried to play soccer for like a year and it like didn't really work out for me because I like couldn't really practice or I don't know there mm-hmm. just wasn't there are teams and things but it just was less accessible and so um, I watched the marathon here my first year and I was like all my friends were like partying on the Upper East Side and mm-hmm. everyone was drunk and I was like literally physically shaking I'm on the wrong side of the fence here like I don't know if I could do that but I'm going to need to try Right, and so immediately like I you know we cover I'm in finance so we covered it was sponsored by ING at the time and so I went back to work like literally that Monday and was like whoever covered them I was like I'm going to need to be on the ING team next year I need to do this and so I did it and it was like the most amazing transformation experience and so then I was like well I'm gonna have to do it again and qualify for Boston did that a few times and then I was kind of like got to this point of like okay I can run a marathon kind of without you know it really being as big of a deal like I'm not sure I could do it I knew I could do it and I was looking for the next challenge and I somebody was like you have to read this book this is so bizarre the story and I was like. I'm not really I'm, You're not supposed to Like admit this But I'm not really A recreational reader <laughs> <laughs>
1: well,
2: well you have we a have lot
0: like, <laughs> <laughs> you're, yeah. I'm like a doer Like I don't really I like fall asleep I don't really <laughs> like to Like I don't want to Read about it I want to yeah. do it So I like was like Fine I'll read this book And I was sort of like Not into it at first Kind of like a little boring And then I like Got really drawn into it And then it totally Changed my life And it like mm. Lifted the ceiling On like this thought Of what's really possible And like what the Like societal norms are Versus like what we're actually really capable of and it's something it's a concept that I guess like in general I'm a little fascinated with and like I like to experiment with for myself and so this like blew my doors off I was like wait a minute right maybe they're right right maybe we are born to run and so I really was looking at like Doing an ultra marathon but um, my I was just wasn't sure how my body would respond to just specifically running and I had had a couple of friends that were really chirping at me to that I should do an Ironman I'm like but I've never done a triathlon Mm -hmm. at all like I don't own a bike and I I'm pretty sure I can't swim. Mm -hmm. And they were like, but you would love it. It's just such a challenge. And so I really was looking for something bigger like that. And so I had a few glasses of wine on a Sunday with a friend (laughs) that um, was like, had signed up for the Texas Ironman nine months from that day. And he was like, you should just do it. And I was like whatever fine oh my and gosh. I signed up kind of a little tipsy and then the next day like I got into work it decision. was a fueled, but like it was right. like I had been searching for something more sure. and it just kind of pushed me over the edge and so I did I signed up for an Ironman having never done a triathlon I did not own a bike and I really really proper could not swim oh my god and so I gave myself nine months to like make this transformation um and it was incredible and it was that Stealing and the whole process of, like, we're, we're capable of so much more than we, we, than we necessarily realize. And if you kind of put the time in and you prepare, that, like, I'll never forget crossing that finish line that mm. first time. Like, the sense of self-accomplishment was so overwhelming and such a wonderful awesome emotional way um that you know then i kind of continued and then you want to
2: get that again yeah and sure. so then i
0: you know wanted to qualify for the world championships and you know you do iron man and it's in that world you know not not unless you're not in that world i don't know that you realize but like it becomes this like the pinnacle of like going to kona hawaii and you know mm. they do this broadcast on you know on nbc i think or whatever it is and everybody yeah. kind of watches that and knows and so it's this like thing that's so then I just you know kind of comp- you know kept working until I was able to qualify and so now just it's been to
1: stop you for one second. Um, what does an Ironman entail? Yeah,
0: so that's a good question. <laughs>
2: I'm glad you asked that because I didn't I didn't really know, but I didn't know if it was
3: embarrassing. No, to not know. it's no, a good. She very casually, casually drops know. things in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just
0: I completed one and then I wanted to do the world championship. Yeah, bigger one. Just yeah. No, what, what are we talking? Um, so it starts with a 2.4 mile swim. Um, and then it's a hundred and twelve mile bike, and then it's a marathon, a twenty six point two run. Oh
3: my god! So just
0: all you know, all back to back. So it's a uh, my. It depends on the course too, but like my best time is ten oh seven. So.
2: I have to be honest that means nothing to me but the fact that you can do it means everything to me
1: they give you you
0: 17 hours hours to complete
1: okay 10 hours of activity that's what that means that is that is more than a work day yeah (laughs) that is a lot of time that's more than most people sleep
3: oh definitely yeah
1: yeah. and Jess your 100 milers are more than 24 hours yes It's just like if you can put that time into perspective a little bit more than like swimming however many miles. I
2: think that putting the time into perspective, we should talk about that a little. Because I I mean, I had no... And Elizabeth, you have more of a concept for this than I am. So I'm glad you're here to sort of like make this make sense to us lay people. But I thought that was a really interesting thing about reading your articles because you hear 100 miles and don't really have a concept of how long that would take. But one thing you talk about is that you're doing it at night. I mean, you're it's nonstop or you right. do stop.
3: You I stop for a little bit at okay. the aid stations, but I'm not fast enough to stop for any significant amount of time. I have to keep moving. Right. 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 right, And I, I think that was just surprising to
2: me. Like, I think you mentioned in the article that you have, like, a like a headlamp and, like, things like that. And I just yes. wouldn't have even thought about the logistics of how long it takes to run 100 miles.
3: Yes. Uh, usually the cutoff is 30 hours. Um, I'm trying to get closer to 24 hours, you know, run 100 miles in less than 24 hours. Um, As you do. <laughs> 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 so, uh, I'm... I think it would be a little bit easier on the road, but I'm still working at it on, on trail right now. Right. And how do you actually – how do you even train for
2: that? Because I don't even know my question. Do you know what I <laughs> yeah, mean? It's yeah. sort of like you can't – it can't be that often in your life that you're doing these sort of
3: ultra marathons. Yeah, it's not as – um. Equivalent to training for a marathon, where typically you run a 20 miler in preparation mm-hmm. for 26.2. It's not like I run 80 miles in preparation for 100. Right. Uh, my longest long run beforehand is a 50 miler. So I try and do a 50 miler one month out and a 50K, which is 31 miles two months out. Okay. Yeah. And, and
2: how many miles do you run every single day? Uh, not every day, five or
3: six days. Five or six days. And yes. what is like a normal run for you? Uh, during the week, it's very similar to training for a marathon. Okay, it, you have your recovery runs, um, some speed runs, maybe not two hundred meter repeats on the track, but some some longer speed runs okay. like mile repeats or a tempo run. Meaning, you know, you run for three, four, five miles at a at a faster clip than you normally would. Um, and then the weekend is where you get your mileage in. Okay. Um, and you do a handful, typically you do a handful of back-to-back long runs and that you would go long on Saturday and then go long again on Sunday okay. to train your legs to run on tired legs. Well, that's what I was going to say is sort of like it feels like
2: I mean, the whole endurance part of that, it's, like, hard to imagine, like, training for that specific part when you are so physically tired. It just seems like, how well can
0: you really prepare for that? (laughs) I have questions. Yeah, (laughs) please, please. (laughs) Go ahead. Like, do you, did you ever, like, wake up and, like, run, like, late at night or, like, things like that to, like, practice the, like, sleep deprivation? Like, I did a little bit of that for the bike, but, like, for... I mean, we right. Stopped a little bit. Like,
3: <laughs> yeah, I try and I throw teammates. in a night <laughs> run to practice running at night. Uh, but this time, I focused on since the race was going to be in Arizona in the desert. Uh, I forced myself to do a couple of long runs in the middle of the oh. day in the in the hottest you know twelve right. p.m. part of the day, just to practice uh, making it through that because that's right. that that's the part that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Kind of drained me the most uh, for this recent hundred miler, but yeah, to prepare for running through the night, um, I would say that's my number one lesson learned from this last one. Uh, I didn't. That was the number one thing I struggled with was. This urge to want to sleep. Right. I wasn't fighting uh, oh, I want to quit, everything hurts, I just want to stop. It was I wanted to take a nap so badly. <laughs> <Yay. Trimble's
1: blisters laughs> <into perspective. laughs> yeah. Right, exactly.
3: I was I was a very bad runner. I started negotiating with my pacer, like just asking for a 10 minute nap, and I was promising to be better if he just let me sleep for 10 minutes. <laughs> oh my god! I threatened to turn off my headlamp and hide so that it would take him at least a couple minutes to find me and I could just rest (laughs) for a
1: couple minutes. It's like a mental game. It's almost like a hostage situation. Right. (laughs) You're holding yourself hostage. Yeah. Yeah. One of the most interesting things logistically that Jesse told me about when I interviewed you for the Peace on Cosmo um, was that even in your training runs um, you'd have your boyfriend like drop off snacks for you at different places so you had to estimate where you'd be at certain times so he could (laughs) meet you. (laughs) Yes. Great boyfriend.
3: Great boyfriend. He did. He made it through the 100 miler as well. He was one of my pacers. Uh-huh. So he was able to put up with me for almost near a marathon himself for oh, wow. for 25 miles he was with me. So he did a 15-mile loop, and then I had my best friend do a 15-mile loop with me, and then he closed it out with the final 10 Good miles. quality time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lots of time together.
2: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Do you have someone running with you for the entire time, or is there ever a point when you're by yourself?
3: Yeah, they don't allow it the entire time. Every race is different. Um, Vermont didn't allow a pacer, uh, someone to be with you, until mile 70. This one allowed, so you're alone for 70, and then this wow, one. 70 um, miles of yeah. solitude. Yeah. So this one allowed a pacer um, at the 100K or 62-mile or mark, so it was a little nicer. Wow. And Jess,
1: you've also told me that um, you don't listen to music. You don't let yourself listen to music until that last bout. So it's like yeah. 70 solitude miles of running with nothing but, like, the sound of your feet and your breath.
3: Right, because I don't want it to become a clutch and to need music in order to be able to run. So this time, the only time I listened to music was the last... um a lone lap that i had before i was allowed pacers so just that last lap from mile 50 to to 62 i listened to music and it was my treat to myself until i was allowed <laughs> my friends to be running Human with me That's wow
2: <laughs> i have so many more questions for both of you about this and i actually this is like so lame because again this is my only like point of comparison for exercise is like reading the book Wild which isn't even exercise in the same way <laughs> nice. but there's something in that book that yeah, you guys are yeah, talking about yeah. that is like reminding me that I want to ask you about um, but first I do want to talk about a different kind of uh, elite performance which is Mac Weldon Underwear um, one of our sponsors for the show today and um, I love talking about Mack Weldon Underwear um, it's this really cool company that makes men's underwear, socks, undershirts, out of a really high performance material that is essentially designed for people who are athletic, designed for people who sweat a lot. They use a special kind of material that is supposed to prevent against ball sweat. So we're talking about it now because it's a great <laughs> holiday gift idea. Um, I love that everyone is like laughing. We get so used to saying things like ball sweat around the Cosmo office that I don't even think I don't even think about it. But um
3: I was wondering if the thought of my boyfriend made you think of ball sweat. <laughs> so,
2: actually, oh, great but you should buy him this Mac Weldon underwear so when to. he <laughs> runs 15 miles with yes. you. Exactly. But um, you know, we were talking to the guys from Mac Weldon on the phone and that is kind of the guy that they have in mind like maybe okay not actually in a in ultra marathoner but the kind of guy who is like maybe wearing his undershirt or his underwear to work and then he's going to the gym and then he comes home and like wants to like cuddle with you or whatever and you don't want him to stink so that's exactly <laughs> who the mac Weldon consumer is um it's a really great product they've been nice enough to let to send it to cosmo and let us give it to all of our boyfriends husbands gay friends, whatever it is. Um, So we are excited to have them involved with the podcast. It's a really great holiday gift idea. Um, Go to MacWeldon.com. You can use promo code COSMO and get 20% off your order. And they stand by these products so much that they will actually have a no-questions money-back guarantee if you're not happy with anything that you get. So check it out. Give it to the ultra marathoner in your life or the non-ultramarathoner <laughs> um, in your life. Again, it's macweldon.com. Use promo code COSMO and you can get 20% off, which I think is a perfect transition into what I wanted to say about wild, um, talking about wild ball sweat to wild the book. But um, <laughs> one of the things that I think – is a really poignant part of that book and of course it's talking about a woman hiking the um what is it the Pacific Crest Trail all by herself way back in the day. But one of the things that struck me is that the author talks about how she was struck by how few decisions you have to make essentially when you're out there all on your own doing this sort of extreme athletic feat you know, your decision is either to stop or to keep going. That's really the only thing there is to do. And I feel like that really resonated because in some ways that's like life in a nutshell. Like that's really your only decision ever is to keep going or kind of just like give up. And so Jessica, I don't know. I, I guess I'm yeah. taking this to a place of sort of sort of deeper thoughts. But, you know, I think there is a feeling that when you're doing those things and you're sort of it's you by yourself for so long like what is going through your head what how what is it making you think about life
0: yeah for for me it is that it is a metaphor for life it's it's why i do it and why i do a lot of any of these challenges is because it i believe that it does permeate into the rest of my life um and i want it to and kind of to your point of wild and like I've done six Ironman. This last one was five of them were glory races. I PR'd every time. I was like qualifying and it was like this. I was exceeding my own expectations and it was awesome. And I was doing things that I was running at a pace that I didn't think that I could. And Mm -hmm. I was I knew that I had trained and I was mentally strong and I was really present and able to like really perform well in this last one. um, It was a big year for me and my body, I don't know just didn't, sometimes it just doesn't respond. And so I had to really rely on kind of how I've trained my mind and what it was in a bigger sense for me. And I wanted to quit Mm -hmm. probably 20 minutes into this race. And it took me 11 and a half hours. It should have taken me well under 10 and a half. Mm -hmm. And it was in that way, like a struggle. And I did, I wanted to quit. I've never so desperately wanted to quit anything in my life. And it was... It had to become this bigger picture for me. Who is it that I want to be and how how do I want to portray myself mm-hmm. and and what does it mean and am I a quitter and no, is that how you want to define yourself and it doesn't matter how hard it hurts or how badly you want to quit, you just must keep going and it was like this giant metaphor for like any sort of challenge in life and it really like, I'm like, it was like a little traumatic right. to be honest. Oh, of course. Um, extremely emotional but like I am like working towards like being super proud because yeah. it wasn't this like glory race like I said but it was something where I really had to show myself that like when the odds are stacked against you and when my body was like actually I don't really want to do this right. like you had to I had to dig deep and find a way to To make it through and to, go, and to cross that finish line. And I did. And it was a really, really interesting lesson to learn. I think it's much like the book. Like, right. what, why am I doing this? Right. Like, what is the point?
2: Well, I think you, first of all, I think you should be so proud of yourself. But I think that is really interesting because, you know, I think everybody just in life, whether or not you're, like, lazy AF, like I am, like, we all have good <laughs> days and yeah. bad days, you know? And yeah. when you guys are doing these things that are so extreme. You know you're doing it. I mean, you guys are both amazing and doing this like several times a year. But you know, like you only have a handful of opportunities to really do the Ironman. You know, even if you're doing six of them in a year. So it's like you can't predict when it's going to be a good day or a bad day or like all the millions of factors that go yeah. into making this so challenging. And I think I mean, that's in even on a small scale like looking at marathons. Like I just don't know how, you know, I think about that every year for the New York Marathon It's like, but what if it's raining? What if it's, you know, all these, you spend all this time preparing and training for it, and it's just like the day arrives and you don't
1: really know what's going to be thrown at you. It's tough. I think one of the toughest parts, too, like just speculating because I am not an endurance athlete by any means, um, but when I talk to endurance athletes, what I've found is that, you know, you – gauge so much of your success on your time and it's all about the time and just for you it's for completing the distance um and you know in terms of jessica for you um you know you're, you talked about prs which is your personal record it's your personal best um but there's no real way to quantify personal growth mm-hmm. and i think that there's a lot of personal growth it is such a mental game like just what you were saying is so eloquent and honestly so motivating in a way that you know People who are standing at the end, at the finish line just cheering you on—they don't really understand. They're kind of like seeing you as super- superheroes, but emotionally, I think you're both superheroes in every way. And you're so in touch with your thoughts and emotions and your body in a way that
0: non-endurance athletes really can't relate to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it w- yeah, to it, it's <laughs> a, it was like uh, <clears throat> I think you get or sur- sometimes you have to be clear on what your motivations are a little bit, and that it's not about a time. Mm-hmm. It's not even necessarily about. Finishing, even, like, it's kind of about, like, embarking upon this challenge and testing yourself in a way that maybe you never have or didn't think that you could and showing yourself that you can. And I guess it just, I think it translates in in such a bigger way. For me, it certainly does. And I don't think I'm alone.
2: Do you guys feel, I think we... I think we should talk a little bit about sexism. And I would imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, I would imagine that sort of once you reach the sort of endurance elite athlete field, that it's sort of male dominated. Is that true or not true?
3: It's not true in ultra marathon running. Um, there's a solid uh, percentage of women in okay. these races. I don't know if it's because women are uh, stereotypically. <laughs> You know more well equipped with pain tolerance yeah. and <laughs> that is
1: true can, <laughs> yes. can
3: handle these sorts of things but um no I don't necessarily notice um more men than women I think okay. it is a sport that um women maybe even at the elite level are beating a lot of mm-hmm. men um mm-hmm. I think the the second overall runner in the Havalina 100 was a female. So there was only awesome. one person <laughs> ahead of her which was a male and she was the second person. That's so anything. interesting because awesome. in marathons Check there was them. even different You know,
1: but yeah, different qualifying times exactly. And you know, men basically compete in a in a separate race from women. So that's kind of awesome that it like long distances level. Because
3: yeah, the distance gets longer. Yeah, it starts to even the playing field. Yeah, for those two hundred and seventy one people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely a little more less the case in uh, particularly in Ironman. There is so for like in the pro field to qualify, there's fifty spots for pro men and there's thirty. Seven thirty six for women, and there's a giant push to. Um to make that equal, mm-hmm. so there's like this fifty tacona kind of campaign, and the argument against it is, is that there's the, a lower percentage of women versus men, so that they, you know, you should it should be rated pro rata. But then it's a little bit of like what came first, the heart, the court, the cart or the horse, in mm-hmm. um, that like if there were more spots available, that it would welcome more women to the, you know, to the arena, and so it's this. There's definitely there's in particular. In the past two years, as the sport of triathlon in general has grown, mm-hmm. um, there's been you know a really big push to kind of see more equality there. Mm-hmm. It's even
1: more pressure. I mean, on a- on female athletes. I mm-hmm. feel like. I mean, not only do you have to get into these races where there are so few spots, yeah. but you have to prove yourself once you get there. Yeah, for all womankind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no pressure in yeah. X races. <laughs> yeah.
2: You're like, tell me about it. Um, I feel like it does seem like and Elizabeth and obviously both of you guys in the industry would probably know more about this but it does seem like it's almost at least for a marathon it's almost become a more sort of like it's like a rite of passage almost like I don't know. Like, it feels like it's becoming more popular. Mm -hmm. I don't have any stats about
1: that. but It's kind of like a bucket list item.
2: Right, right. And I just don't think that that was the case maybe, like, a decade ago. or But I don't really know. What am I talking about? I have no idea. But I'm just wondering if you guys feel like there are reasons that this has become more popular. Like, I would assume in some ways it has to do with social media. Like, it's easier to find other people and connect with other people that have done this or feel inspired by it. But I, I don't know if that's true.
3: Yeah, I think it's social media, of course, and then also that book really yeah. <laughs> inspired.
0: The book. Yeah. If there's four people in this room and two of us were inspired right, yeah. <laughs> by exactly. that, so that book, is funny. yeah, I I also feel like just in general, like even just like Jess, you, you know, quitting your job to pursue like a full time career in fitness, like I, th- I th- or in wellness, and f- you know, I think that since this is such a finance answer i'm so sorry that i'm even saying this but <laughs> th- th- i think that like when the economy kind of went south like people focus i think it just caused a shift in in society a little mm-hmm. bit in that like there was less focus on like you know being the best in your career and like running to the top and sacrificing everything including your health and well-being and there's been this complete transformation of even in the workplace Mm -hmm. right like of this you know health and well-being as a prominent force um in 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 companies and in people's lives and so now you have mile high run club you have all these spinning studios you have like just this growth in the arena that um really kind of promotes that and i think along with that um and the, 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 like in your class, you must teach and you must talk in a, in a, you know, in a motivating and inspirational way that people, and, and you carry that out and how you run in, in, in the same way, but you're empowering others to then do the same that they might not have ever, one, stepped into that studio, two, heard those words, and three, mm-hmm. ever believed they could. And now there's, there's, I think there's a place for that. And, and it's pretty prominent in people's lives now. Like who doesn't go, you, someone's at least been to one fi- group fitness class. Right that is really promoting that kind of mindset and so i think it's really kind of created a platform for people to much more accessible platform for people to to explore that and be mm. like wait a minute could i
1: right it's so interesting i would have never linked it to the economy um but now that you I mentioned you. I mean, my answer was gonna yeah. be like fitness I d- is cool <laughs> like, <laughs> fitness <laughs> is i, mean, when I, I was
3: think that's definitely part of it yeah because you have everyone posting their workouts well, yeah. and, and that. And, so you know, the, the, if you didn't take yeah. a picture and post it, then it didn't happen.
1: So. <laughs> it's so true. Like, even I, and I say this all the time, Then I was, like, the first person to wear a pedometer in college. And it was, like, first. You uh, invented wearing yeah. No, I started something. <laughs> no, but I remember in college, like, I had this, um, I had this class and it was on, like, fitness and I don't even remember what. But um, one of the assignments was to wear a pedometer for, like, 10 days. So I started wearing it around and I got addicted to tracking how much. I moved because right. um, I mean I was into fitness in college in general but just to see like how many steps I was taking around campus I was like yeah I will wear something that looks like a beeper on my belt <laughs> um, to do that and it was almost like embarrassing and people joked my friends joked about it nonstop, um, and you know five, six, seven years later I was hired as the first fitness and health editor at Cosmopolitan.com because people want to read about it. and People care. People are wearing fitness trackers. Like mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm probably not. I'm not the only one in here wearing a fitness tracker. I see Jess with a hardcore watch. Yep. Mason, mm-hmm. our sound guy, is wearing an Apple Watch. But people care. I'm like, there you I go. So, even yeah. One, people care. It <laughs> it's just the t- Times have changed. I wouldn't have linked it to the economy, but that's a really astute point. Mm-hmm. I don't
0: know. No, I
1: think you're absolutely right. And it's like, I
2: am. saying with conviction. <laughs> we believe it. Uh, in my own, like, mo- you know, like I moonlight as the cosmopolitan.com podcast host, but my real job is to oversee social media for Cosmo in 17. So my answer is always just that social media is the answer for everything. But mm-hmm. I actually think you're right that the economy is the <laughs> answer for everything. And that makes perfect sense. But. Okay, so I went to watch one of my good friends run her first marathon this year, the New York Marathon, and I always go and watch it. It's so emotional, Um, but I was literally, like, crying. Like, it's so emotional to watch it, but what is the difference between someone like me that watches it and feels so moved by it and was like I am literally seeing people fulfill their dream like I'm seeing people like push themselves to limits that they never thought that they could before like and feeling so moved by that and then just, like, going to brunch and, like, you know, having a few Bloody Marys and whatever, and Jessica, someone like you, or Jess, someone like you, where you watch that and you say, I want to do that. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I certainly felt moved by it, but it was, like, it didn't actually, like, motivate me. It was, like, there was, like, the spark, and then it was, like, bye. Yeah, Yeah. I second
1: that question because I I have no idea. Yeah. (laughs) I'm with you with the Bloody Marys.
2: Um, (laughs) Right, exactly. And I just think it's so interesting that, like, for you guys, you know, you see something like that, and you feel moved to the point of actually acting on it versus me feeling moved and then like continuing about my lazy life. Well,
3: I've watched a handful of triathlons and I'm very proud of my friends but I still have no desire to compete in a triathlon so I've been moved by something but not enough to do it myself. I that think it makes it's, me feel better. Yeah, it's not just you. I mean you have to uh, somewhere deep inside you want to do it. Uh, it's It's about finding something that excites you and that you want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not as magical as as watching the marathon and being inspired to do it yourself. Um, You have to want to do it. So it might not be a marathon. And for me, I don't know if I will ever do a triathlon or an (laughs) Ironman, no matter how many times I watch one. But hopefully it at least motivates you and inspires you to try something. Right. Mm -hmm. So, Jessica, why do you want that?
1: (laughs) I agree. What? Why do I? Why do you want the triathlon? Like what made you want that? (coughs)
2: You were drunk. <laughs> yeah, I was drunk. I blame it on, on the
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, 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 did. I like. I was looking for a challenge. I constant. I'm always looking for like a challenge. It could go in a lot of different directions for me. I don't. I don't know that I'm terribly predictable in that way. Um, and the fact that I didn't think that I could was really what, like, was it for me, and it was it for me for the marathon, it was it for me for um, for tri- Ironman, triathlon, whatever, um, and I guess, I don't know, I guess I'm a little bit wired like that, but I really am fascinated by the concept of it, like, I don't know that I can, and then I it becomes this, like, thing that, like, I want to prove to myself that I can, and I, like fully 100 I don't even know if it's true but believe that like if you so choose (laughs) to want to do the marathon that like without a shadow of doubt 0% like doubt that you could and I would. don't mm-hmm. want that. So you <laughs> have I to it. and you <laughs> have yeah. to yeah. Run it. and that's the th- it's exactly it.
2: I did want to talk about that because I actually I feel like everyone that I know who has done it says you could do it. Anyone could do it. But I don't know if I actually believe that. I think there are sort Why? of Why? Well <laughs> I think there are sort of two types of people in the world and I think some people are runners and some people aren't. And I just am completely out of shape but in times in my life where I was more in shape I just always hated running I hated every single part of it there was never a glimmer there was never a second of it that ever felt gratifying I never had that thing where it's like after you push yourself and think you can't do it anymore then you feel like no no no." like never (laughs) there was never anything remotely enjoyable about it and even after I finished and I would be like, oh wow! I like dragged myself to run like one mile. I just didn't feel good after.
0: But were you running for what was the motivation? Like to be skinny. Okay, see, that's it. <laughs> that's it, though. I was like that like or the mile in,
1: in elementary school where they don't train you and they're just like, here, why don't you run and sweat your ass off right. during the day? And then you're like, I hate this because that's when I started to hate running. Right. And now I don't love running. Like I don't feel the need to do extreme distances. What for me that would be like a half marathon. Like that's too much for me. A marathon's don't definitely too much for me and you guys are just like a whole other league (laughs) but um i think when you i i disagree at least i think if you gave it another shot in a way that you were kind of like okay this because you like yoga yeah it's kind of similar you get benefits from yoga and i feel like but
2: yoga
3: is a joy well yeah you have to find a way to make it fun i think that's one of the tricks is finding a way to make it fun um and to steal a quote from our global head coach um coach Chris Bennett for, for Nike Plus Run Club he says that everybody is a runner even if you've never run yet you're just a runner who hasn't run yet mm. so deep <laughs> D- Chris <laughs> super deep coach Bennett he's uh, on to you <laughs> he's, he's on to you so you are game. a runner even oh. if you don't know it yet yeah. um, I think it's all about finding a way to make it fun um, you said that running on the treadmill sounds like your most your, yes. your biggest uh <laughs> nightmare, nightmare but uh I mean maybe if you did try it it would be fun there's yeah. music there's lights there's a coach telling you what to do or it maybe it's just going on a long solitude run by yourself with your with your music it's, yeah or having a run date with a friend you just have to find right. a way to make it fun maybe try different run clubs and then turning it into a a habit is the second step. And this is mine. It's like, if by run, you mean walk, then yes, definitely. I will walking. I like walk. But I, you know, (laughs) when I. think
0: it's mental versus physical.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: Like you physically can.
2: Yeah, but mentally, do I really want to? So whenever
0: that would change and however you would change the mindset, it then becomes
2: less torture, more. More,
0: Whatever. Whatever it is.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have to say, like, my little sister was, like, and, you know, she doesn't run regularly, but she did, like, track and cross country in high school and stuff like that. And has always just, like, been sort of an athlete. And so, like... You know, sometimes when we're on vacation, she's like, oh, I'm just going to, like, run and just, like, run a few miles. And, like, there's some – and she doesn't even do that regularly. Like, she's not training for anything. But it's, like, it does bring her some amount of, like, joy. And there is a part of me that's, like, a little jealous of that. Like, I'm like, I sort of wish it would, like, make me feel good to just, like – and also I feel like a lot of athletes will really say that it's, like, a stress reliever and – Oh, totally. I'm like, I need to do something with my stress. It's just, like, boiling up <laughs> inside my body. So there are, there are times where I'm like, that would be cool. But, yeah, then again, it's just, like, the Bloody Marys.
0: Well, there's <laughs> a, I think there is a crossover, too, yeah. of, like, your body's not used to running and whatever. And so right. it doesn't feel great at first. But, like, once you get terrible. past that, right? And yeah. so you once mm-hmm. you – it's, like, almost like the point of indifference, like, of getting past that point where it's not, like, physically – you know, you you train your body just to a certain point where it's a little more natural. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't feel as foreign, and then you can then your mind sort of follows, and it's like, wait, maybe this isn't so bad. And then I, I feel like it, it goes from there, and then your endorphins kick in, and then right it's it's the your thing done. that you <laughs> do. Yeah,
1: Alisa, yeah. yeah. and for anyone else who's listening who doesn't think they can run, we actually do have a thirty day um like walk to run plan. On Cosmo. Oh, so see? you can – yeah, you can look it yeah, up. Yeah, I and, saw it, and I thought and I looked do really it. hard. No, it's totally <laughs> manageable. You literally start – if you can literally put one foot in front of the other, which – not take that for granted Right. you can yeah you can get up to a little bit of a jog in 30 days uh,
2: If you if don't you, have to run every if day if you say
1: so <laughs> um
2: n- now that it is wrong <laughs> right exactly as always on the podcast I've turned this into my like personal therapy session which wasn't the intent <laughs> but um I it's been so amazing to talk to you guys I don't know how you do it I'm so I have so much respect I'm so impressed by everything you do you're both amazing superstars and I think jessica and jess i think we should end since i put this on a downer note about how <laughs> I am. i would love to each hear you just tell sort of to wrap this up a time where it was like the most amazing out of body incredible like oh my god i'm doing this moment Jess, go. Jessica
3: seems more <laughs> itching to tell this <laughs> no! story by her reaction. I don't know. No, well, I had you to both think
0: about
2: to, it. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm like putting you on the spot, but yeah, I would love to just hear about a moment where you're
3: like, "This is so cool." Um, it was probably my first. Ultra. Uh, I don't know if it was beginner's luck or just that um, ignorance is bliss kind of thing. I didn't know what it was going to feel like, um, or or if I was even going to be able to to do it. Um, so I would say my first one was the most out of body um, fun experience. I've had I've had fun since, but um, that one in particular, uh, I had friends with me. They turned it into a fun day, or as fun as as Nine loops of Central Park can be. Um, they would take turns and each do one loop with me. The last, the last four loops, um, oh, I like that. and just being able to finish with two of my best friends, who they don't run every day themselves, but they can run four miles, and to do a four mile loop with me on my last loop, and we're blasting Beyonce <laughs> <laughs> coming into the finish. That was just the most fun uh feeling i felt at the end of an ultra and just this feeling of i actually did an okay job here too and it wasn't painful and it was it was pretty fun the whole time i'm getting goosebumps
2: i love that all the feels. All all the feels. feels all the that feels that one. exactly they're so, not all like that i <laughs> feel <laughs> <laughs> like it was downhill from there um, the races got longer and then should be
0: no. so
1: lucky for it to be
0: downhill
2: from there <laughs> yeah exactly um jessica what about
0: you I guess mine was, I I could answer in a couple of ways, but I think um, mine was probably last, probably actually right around now, um, I did Cozumel, the Ironman, um, and I was trying to qualify for world championships for the second time, but I have this like giant dream of winning a race, Mm -hmm. and so I was really trying to win um, my, it's really by age group, and so... It was... Um, I had no okay case swim. I The bike was, like, really intense. It was really hot. It was Mexico, and there was this, like, nasty headwind. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, sure that, like, I had fallen behind. But all I knew was, like, I was giving every single ounce of everything I had. And my parents, like are like my super fans at these things and so they come and they hold up my mom my poor parents they like hold up signs and they're like you're in whatever place you have like you need to catch up by whatever and so I got off the bike and I was sure that I was like way behind in this whole thing and they're like you're in second oh my god you're behind first by like 20 minutes and I knew that I was a faster runner than her and so I like poured like my entire heart out onto that like onto the course and I did not end up catching her I got within six or seven minutes Ah. um but like it was again to your point of like it doesn't time the time or place or whatever doesn't matter like I crossed that finish line knowing I gave literally every last possible ounce of everything I had in my whole being um, and I was so proud
3: Oh, I'm like proud for you. Alisa yeah, literally is tearing up. Tearing I still up. don't want to do one, but I'm really <laughs> like, happy for you. <laughs> I know. Aww.
1: like literally, there are tears. Like oh, amazing. it amazing. It's so incredible.
2: <laughs> everything yeah. you guys do are incredible. I can't. I already can't wait. We have to have you guys back in like six months and like hear about everything that's happened. You should tell us. What are you guys both? What's next for both of you?
3: Uh, for me, I have to find uh, another race to requalify for okay, Western sure. States. Yeah, I didn't want to make an impulse buy and immediately <laughs> sign up for something as soon as I didn't get in. So I'm letting it marinate for, for a week. But um, okay. I usually like to do the Bear Mountain 50K. It's the first, usually the first weekend in May uh, as my first trail race of the season. So that would probably be the, the most immediate one coming up. Okay, so next
2: time we talk to you, we'll know where you qualified, what's yes. good for you. I love that. And Jessica, what about for
0: you? I am purposely have no agenda right now. I need really am trying to let my like body and mind heal a little bit before I make also an impulse decision. Just for the sake of staying with something until right. I really know what uh, what I want to do. I did this like boxing thing a couple of weeks ago, and I was like kind of into it. So I don't know. I Ooh. it could go in a lot of different directions. I'm not We're sure. We're talking to the next Ronda Rousey right yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you
2: heard
1: it
0: here first. <laughs>
2: right, 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 right. <laughs> okay, so you'll me. be. Rhonda, next <laughs> to Um, And Jessica, where is the best platform for people that want to follow you and are curious about your next move? Where should they follow you?
0: I mean, I'm on social media. <laughs> <laughs> um, on I'm on Facebook and on Instagram. I don't have, like, a website or anything. I kind of okay. just do. And what's <laughs> your um, –
2: can you spell out your Instagram handle so people can find
0: you? Yes. Jessica, J-E-S-S-I-C-A, Lynn, my middle name, L-Y-N-N, Marino, M-A-R-I-N-O.
2: Perfect. And um, Jess Woods, what about you? Where should people follow you?
3: Um, Jess, one S, on Instagram um, mainly. So J-E-S-L-Y-N-N-Y-C. Yes, I think. Every (laughs) Jessica's middle name is Jessica Lynn, so we went with Jess with one S. It needs to be a little... <laughs>
2: Got it. Okay,
3: so norms. Jess with 1s,
2: Lynn, NYC. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, and you guys, I can only assume, are going to follow each other as soon as you leave.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, and
2: Elizabeth Narins, where should people follow you to ask all, your, all their health questions that they want to see featured on Cosmopolitan.com?
1: Oh, yeah. Send me story ideas. Mm-hmm. I love that. Or ask me questions. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram also. At E-J-N-A-R-I-N-S.
2: And I am at Elisa Benson, E-L-I-S-A-B-E-N-S-O-N. Thank you, Jess and Jessica, so much for joining us thank and you. for your amazing Thanks journeys guys. and sharing them with Cosmo readers. This was so incredible. I feel really inspired. We'll see if it sticks. <laughs> um, and thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Cosmopulson.com Happy Hour Podcast. We will see you next week.